The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. And welcome to the panel discussion. You're on for comic book talk every single week right here on the network. My name is Matt Johnson, your host alongside with me every single week, William Smith. How's it going, everybody? How's uh, it going, Matt? How's your week going? Good it's, week? It's, it was not a bad week. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanksgiving. You know, it was, it was, it was nice. You know, it was kind of low-key as we're being told to keep our, you know, house guests less to 10. So it was kind of nice. It was just um, myself, the wife, the kids, and my mom and dad came over. It was nice. That's nice a, and that's small. Like a good weekend. It was. A good day. Yeah, the, I think we all needed it. Got the holiday decorations up, inside and out. So we're, we've decked the halls. We're ready to rock and roll for Santa Claus. Good. Very good. Uh, to our listeners, our regular listeners, you might know that one person is missing. Is is no is a Taylor Swift thing still like I don't know the backstories on a Taylor Swift joke when Micah wasn't here. I'm not sure. I I'm not entirely certain. I think I, that I, Sean Connery's ghost uh, came back for him. It might have. I think that's what it is. I actually wanted to joke that Micah left the show too, <laughs> <laughs> and that he wasn't coming back. I was almost ready to go all in on that, but uh, no, uh, he's he's taking a week off. He's yeah, got family stuff to do. Um, the holidays, but I'm I'm okay with the Sean Connery theory. Yeah, the ghost of Sean Connery, he's got a, he's swirling a nice highball glass of scotch, and he's just he's not really doing anything that menacing to Micah. <laughs> he's just he's just doing little things like like taking the toilet paper out of the bathroom once Micah shits, uh, you know, little things like <laughs> like like. <laughs> Taking all the lubricant out of his Jergens bottle that he uses and, for extracurricular activities. And he loves it. He uh, he. Not, that's what Sean does. That's what Sean does. He does. This is you blaspheme the man once he's died. I mean, that's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> I, I'm trying to wonder because we did lose, lose some viewers this month. I'm trying to wonder if the the Sean Connery rant from Micah was the uh, was the final kick in the nads. Yeah, I mean, I I would like I literally you know it was Sean. I mean. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's cool to. To I mean, yeah. Everybody's got faults. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. New I, show, new direction, vulgar comic book talk. Get used to it, people. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. I mean, to a point. We got. We got. Uh. We got. Uh. Speaking of death, poor David Prowse. Yeah. What the. F- yeah. David, yeah. He's 80, I mean, eighty-five. Lived a good life. He lived a good life. I think. I mean, there was all. There was. Uh, he kind of had a. Uh, a tumultuous relationship with the Star Wars saga. My biggest memory of him is hearing that he was mad his voice wasn't getting used. Uh, well, that that I get. That I get. To an extent, but his, he used to voice the I lines. I mean, it, and, there, there's so many ins and outs to yeah. the relationship. Like, um, the fact that he had to pay to see the premiere of Star Wars back in 77. Like, he wasn't even on the... That. Yeah, he wasn't even on the let them in list. That's messed up. That okay. is messed up. I can understand that. I think think that um George always had a little bit of salt a salty salty crotch because on a late night show David Prowse was being interviewed and in the interview Prowse this is before Empire said yeah I think like Vader's Luke's father or something like he dropped it like nonchalant it wasn't like I mean in this day and age that would have been like Everybody covering it. Oh, they would have lost. So I think he yeah. dropped the bombshell, and Lucas never really um, forgave him for that. There was it was a very 
rough relationship. There's, I don't blame him. I mean, so, it's, it's, t- it's if you really think about it, it's, it would be tough for me to play a, a an iconic character like Darth Vader. The the physical body of the character, which which I mean, he he, he brought the the mannerisms, the physicality, the physicality, the, physicality. the, the mannerisms to the Darth Vader character. Yeah, but you are not thought of as the Darth Vader character when they think of him. They think of uh, James Earl Jones, the voice. Yep, and they think, uh, oh Christ, who was the actor who played um, Anakin? Seba- in Sebastian Shaw, I believe. Yes. Yes, and that was the him. other thing, because David Proud was like, oh, if Vader's finally getting unmasked, people are finally going to be able to see my face. And then he was, he was, it was like a gut wrench that they didn't use his visual face. They used Sebastian Shaw. And that's when he's even said, there was a, there was a documentary on uh, Prowl's where, oh, I'm trying to figure it, find it here. I can't, it was like Vader or something. It was actually a really interesting documentary um, I am your father. Uh, came out in 2015, um, and it goes in throughout the ins and the outs of his relationship. He loved the fans. He always did a lot of con work. Yeah, I um, did see his name pop up a lot of things. A lot. Uh, I, I, I mean, when he passed, I just saw somebody posted something that was very, very nice. He said that when he went to a con uh, years ago, and uh, he only had enough money for one autograph, and he was he was struck between getting Lou Ferrigno. David Prowse or Viggo Mortensen. And he said he, he was just like, he didn't know who to pay the money to get. That's tough. And uh, he said he took so long to make the decision that Vigo left. Oh. So he wound up getting Lou's autograph. And after he got Lou's autograph, he went to go walk away. And he said that he turned and he saw David Prowse sitting there with a 8 by 10 in his hand. And he said, I just, my heart reached to you when I saw how long it took for you to make that decision. And he wrote on it, you know, don't tell anyone I gave you this for free, David Prowse. And he handed it to him, and the guy said he still has it hanging up in his house. Wow. I mean, if you watch I Am Your Father, you can see that the man was, uh, he was conflicted. I mean, he loved the character, but he also felt that he never really got just credit, um, for, it. Just credit yeah. for the role. And, I mean, you can't, I mean, Vader is such a physical force, especially in the original trilogy, which that's what David did. Uh, that like you can't you can't say that that physicality didn't add to the menacing presence of Vader. It was you can't, very you intimidating. Can't. I wouldn't have bought a lot of things that Vader did if you know the like if they put James Earl Jones in that suit. I'm sorry, like his voice is booming, but I'm that's not a threatening presence. Correct, physically speaking. Correct, like when he was choking the uh, the rebel troops. And like same thing, and, like yeah. if you took David Prowse's voice again, you got this menacing man with this. Like I don't know if you've ever seen. Because they obviously recorded it where David Prowse recorded I've the dialogue. It. It's been a long time since I've heard uh, Empire the of Dreams. But... They have the clips of him like recording, and it's just <laughs> like it's hilarious. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not. Good. Same thing. Like they have Peter Mayhew like actually speaking the dialogue for Chewbacca, <laughs> and it's just because they're both British, and it's just there's they're too eloquent. Like you have these two behemoths. And they're speaking in such an intelligent dialect. Like this doesn't add up. It, yeah, it does. It did not. He's supposed to rip my arms off if I beat him at a game. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. But the, I mean, the the one role that I really love David Prowse for, and I'm a big Stanley Kubrick fan, is A Clockwork Orange. Okay, are you familiar I don't think with I've the seen film? It. I've it's heard probably, of it yeah. a lot. Okay, yeah. He plays the bodyguard of one of the uh, victims of. Uh, the main character in that movie, uh, Malcolm McDowell, Alex's character. And, like, I didn't know that for the longest time. 
and once I, I found out that it was, I think when I watched I Am Your Father, they show him because he was a bodybuilder. They showed him in that role and he's where he's like, he's taking care of like a paraplegic elderly man. Okay. But he's doing it with like a half shirt and Speedos on. Oh. And he's just muscular and it's not a sexual thing. They never really, they never really tell you why he's wearing a half shirt and Speedos, <laughs> but but he he's just, yeah, it's just he's there. Just it's it. just there. It's Stanley Kubrick. You never you never ask too many questions with Kubrick. What year did the movie come out? That was seventy one. Ooh, okay. yeah. So it was before Star Wars, and he just looks youthful when he when he yeah when he passed. I sent out a a text to a bunch of people, and I had a picture of him holding his uh his gentleman friend. I, was, I I still think I have it. I'll send it to you. See if I can get you to chuckle. Yeah, out of out of rhythm much. here. It doesn't take it doesn't take much <laughs> to get me to laugh. So I mean that that was a a yeah. big gut wrench. So but rest I mean, in peace. You know, yeah, rest in peace to David Prowse. Thoughts with his family. You know, this is a comic book show, but some for some reason we always come back to Star Wars. Star Wars. I we, mean, well, we well, legitimately really, always do. Yeah, we legitimately I, always do. I wanted. To, I mean, Mandalorian. This episode was bonkers. I loved. I it. just watched I, it oh. yesterday. My wife made me so mad. All right, I, I have a little backstory to this. Little backstory. Uh, my wife was complaining that I was watching the Mandalorian show without her. All right, I've been off. She's been at, She's been doing her job. You know what I mean. She's been busy. She works long hours. I hate being a person who has to wait for something because everybody likes to talk. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, my parents used to like were would be okay with seeing like Avengers Endgame a month after it came out, and I just can't be that kind of person. A movie like that, like, a that, movie that, that a, was an event. It was a TV show. Like you lose that. The the closer you watch it to the start, the release date, the more like energy is in the theater. Oh, for and, sure. And, and whatnot. That's why I always go opening night because there's a you have to for certain Marvel movies. But with The Mandalorian, it's like everybody's talking about it, okay? Everybody's talking about it. I, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't follow a lot of people on social media, but everyone's like, oh, this is great. This is great. Dave Filoni. Praise to Dave Filoni. Oh, he's just – I mean, I've been a big fan of his since Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, Clone Wars, when it first came out, I'm like, I don't think I like this. And then it's one of the – same thing with Rebels, and I, that's like some of my favorite Star Wars lore. Right. So I had to sit on this episode all weekend long. Okay. Last weekend, I, I did. I or was it the last. It wasn't the show. Uh, the episode previously to this, um, where they went in the uh, with. Uh, oh, with uh, with Grief Karga and Cara Dune. Yes, yeah. when they went in that yeah. place, I waited and we watched it on the Monday. All right, I waited. I I sat at home all day yesterday. She comes home from work. I let her give her some time to relax. I go, hey. Do you want to watch The Mandalorian? She goes, hee hee. No, I watched it without you. I didn't know when you were going to be available. I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> I was so mad because double standards. Yes. Yes. Double standards. I'm so mad. So I waited. I watched it angrily and I loved it. And But I'm still mad at the fact that I will not go. Well, at least Dave Filoni didn't have to make you wait for Ahsoka. I mean, she was right there at the beginning. So beautiful. Rosario Dawson. Did an amazing job capturing that character in live action. A lot of people were oh upset. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Look how glorious wow. David Prowse is in that photo. He looks glorious. Look, he's got nice legs. Oh, because he, he, he was like they showed a picture of him back in like the seventies when he did powerlifting. Yeah, dude, bodybuilding. Dude was dude was a shit house. He was shit house. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, like the fact, like I it, like subverted expectations, and I, I want to come back to the subverting expectations in a good way. With uh, 
with the Mandalorian because like a lot of people are like, oh, uh, yeah, well, we're going to get Ahsoka, but it's probably going to be halfway through toward the end. But no, like right off the bat, bang, there she is. Uh, it was a hot start. Yeah, it was great. Um, Like the mysterious villains, like I, that's the best kind of villain. You don't need to know their whole backstory. The less you know about an antagonist, the more intriguing they appeared to me. Uh, so that was great. And then, um, uh, the reveal Grogu! of the child. Yeah, Grogu! Grogu! We finally found out his name. Grogu! What a good name. I he love it. He was there. He was there the whole time. That See, that that doesn't like line up with the timeline, though, does it? He's got to be older than 50. Uh, I think it's a couple years off, but if you really think about it, it's about a 50 Is it year. about? Okay. Actually, so he must have been like a like an actually, infant. Hold he on. had to be an infant. So this is five years after Return of the Jedi, correct? Yes, yes. That's what they say. In between three and four is 20 years. In between four and five is maybe like one to two. Okay. So he was probably like 15. He might have been like 15, 20 years old. And no, he's the same age as Anakin. That's the big thing. That's the big, big, oh. big story. He's the same age as Anakin. Okay. So he was 20... Uh, he would have been twenty three. At it, it, see, this is the the whole thing. My biggest, my biggest, uh, my biggest pet peeve about the prequels to the uh, original trilogy has been that one line of the ancient, like when they're comparing Jedi's to an ancient religion. It, that'd be like me just going like, "Hey, that ancient president Ronald Reagan." Like people know who Ronald Reagan is. Yeah, you know. It's just it wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't, and that's what the sequel. I watched something with a sequel. I, I mean, I, it, it I, bothered me. I guess I gotta go with Obi Wan has a distorted perception. I mean, he did say that Vader <laughs> killed Anakin Skywalker, and then he goes, "Well, from a certain point of view, like I think I mean, metaphorically, I, yeah, metaphorically, I mean, he did. I mean, I guess that's the way I gotta take Obi Wan Kenobi. Everything's from a certain point of view. He's, he's just kind of a douchebag. Well, he's got a little bit of amnesia, I guess, or not amnesia. <laughs> uh, what, what's that? What's that disease? <laughs> rickets? No, no, yeah, he's got he's got a case of the rickets. That's the why his knees are so wobbly. But, that's why his lightsaber attacks and A New Hope are very jabby. Yes, I'm gonna get you. I'm yeah. gonna get you. <laughs> Come here. Yeah. Which I mean, when when I heard David Prowse uh, passed, I immediately went to Disney Plus and I turned on uh, A New, New Hope, Hope and you? I watched it again in the background while I was building my Lego Death Star. My man. Six hours. Oh in. yeah, that's right. How, six, uh, you... six hours in, halfway done. Good. That's good. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see the picture of it completed. Oh, but um, yeah, they're saying that right, Grogu. I think it. Gro- yeah, I think it's Grogu. Grogu. He yeah, he's supposed to be the same age, and there's actually. Um, there are actually there, there there are rumors. I watch. Uh, I don't know if you watch this YouTube channel, Star Wars Theory. It's I've heard really, of it. Really, really good. I think I've gotten a couple a couple things from it. So They're really, really good. He uh, there might be connections to Grogu and the prophecy. I think yeah. They're they're Perhaps. doing. I think they're doing something to try to uh, retcon bring uh, hardcore fans back to the fandom after the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't hate the sequel trilogy, but I don't love it. I it's, a little, it. it's a little, it's a little, it's a little lower. I the, I hate it. I, I would rather watch episode one than any of the sequel trilogy. The, the only the only reason I I yeah I mean it, it's tough because <laughs> my expectations were so high, and the one thing that I will say until I'm dead in the grave is the missed opportunity of you didn't even have Harrison, Carrie, Luke. And Billy D. I know. Like you had them, um, Chewbacca. See, they were right there. 
everybody was there and you didn't you you squandered the opportunity just to give us one shot of everybody on screen together that would have just i would have wept like that would have been fan service not even fan service it would have just it would have just been a logical thing to do logical yeah, yeah but logical fan service. Though. Yeah, but but I mean, everybody would have smiled if you would have smiled yeah. if you seen that. Exactly. I mean, that that's... Adam Driver's back is probably broken somewhere because he carried that series as best as he could. Yeah, he wasn't bad. It's like watching Mark Wahlberg in a Transformer movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he did. I what mean, he could. Kylo Ren was the most interesting aspect of that entire sequel trilogy. I don't, I don't discredit any of the new actors. I really think they gave it their they all, hated and it. they all went in with the best of intentions. Yeah. But... Oh, I know they did. Uh, it I just, it I just, liked episode yeah. seven. The first time I watched it, I did, and I compared it to like how when people first saw Empire, they shat on it because it wasn't what they expected. But and now Empire is viewed as the best Star Wars movie, yeah, uh, of the series. And the more I watched it, and the more I watched it, and the more I watched it, I'm like, this isn't that good. I don't. Hate I watch it. episode. I still get excitement for episode seven when. When she pulls the lightsaber, and they yeah, do I mean it battle, has but, it has some good moments. Don't get it, me wrong. If you look at the deep logic and understanding it, it, it overall it just doesn't, yeah. If you if if you look at it as like a standalone movie, it's not bad. But when you're trying to place it into a giant saga, it just doesn't do well. I don't know if you caught this. Star Wars Siri pointed it out. Um, the the when Ahsoka was trying to you know trying to figure out what Grogu and and all this about Jedi stuff and how how long it takes to to train yes. for them. It felt like a shot at the sequel trilogy. If it you, did, because but it Rey, also... Rey, I mean, she knew how to do yeah. Jedi mind tricks, yeah. and she knew how to battle with a lightsaber, knew how to do this and that. But, like, if you look at everybody who has, who has brought balance to the Force, per se, they've all been deemed Gifted, too old right. to be trained. Anakin, Luke, True. now Grogu. Luke uh, still tr- took a long time to be trained. But... But they were he was he was older than a normal Jedi would have been started his training. Fair. You yeah. know? Um but uh going back to like subverting expectations in a good way. At the end of the episode, we're told that you have to take Grogu to this planet. At this planet he can reach out to the force, and once he reaches out, a Jedi may come back to train him. You think of what I'm thinking? I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Who are you thinking it's going to be? Because I feel like a lot of people, and I don't want to like, if you're thinking one of these two people, I'm thinking a lot of people are expecting either Luke Skywalker or Ezra Bridger. I'm going to go, a, I think Luke Skywalker is the easy, I think that's the one everybody's anticipating. Okay. I wouldn't hate if they tried to start connecting some of the video games. Okay. Um. Did you, by chance, play Jedi Fallen Order? I haven't, but I've heard that's a popular fan theory, that it's, Cal Kestis. It's very, very good. One of the best Star Wars games I've played in recent memory. And the actor, I, would the not actor, I, I like that actor. I love him in Shameless. I didn't watch Gotham, but I heard he was very intriguing in that series. But um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. Um, And this kind of goes back to something that Micah said the other day about, um, okay, they announced Bo-Katan. They announced Ahsoka. Like, how great would it have been if we didn't know about all that? And I think that was a specific diversion. We'll give them this and this and this, and I feel there's going to be someone at the end of the series that wasn't announced that's really going to be like, oh! So you think it's going to be... Is it- Mace Windu. 
Really? Mace Windu. There are theories about him. He fell. That's all he did. He got his right. arm chopped off and he fell. The Emperor came back from a nasty fall. Kylo Ren came back from a nasty fall. Boba Fett came back from a nasty fall. I'm going Mace Windu. I think Sam Jackson's oh. going to pop up a la Iron Man 1. He's going to talk about in a, a Jedi Initiative series <laughs> to get things going. That's who I'm going with. I'm, I'm, I'm staking my claim. I'm going to say a Mace Windu with a robotic arm, grizzled beard, but still bald as can be and beautiful. And he's going to ask if he can have a bite of your tasty burger. (laughs) (laughs) And if it's not from a Hawaiian burger joint, he's not going to eat it. Because I don't know if you know this, but his girlfriend is a vegetarian, which pretty much makes him a vegetarian, too. (laughs) I love your theory. I love. I don't hate that. There were some theories about that. It was a little wild, uh, the one that I heard from Star Wars theory, but I don't hate that. I mean, I think Luke Skywalker would be a pre- uh, really nice surprise. But um, have you have you seen by chance? Uh, some people fa- say that uh, the Winter Soldier actor Sebastian Stan should be his face is the same as Mark Hamill's. It's young uncanny. Mark it's uncanny. So, I mean, that'd be cool if they recast, because, I mean, I think Hamill deserves a write-off into the sunset. Uh, I think he's, you know, I mean, obviously, you can only digitally de-age someone so much. Yeah, it's expensive, too. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if you saw The Irishman, but I wasn't fooled that Robert De Niro wasn't an ancient old man. (laughs) 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 Nothing against him. Father time comes from us all. Yeah, there's But Joe Pesci, I'm like... There's no way, Joe. Like, they okay, you look young, but you're clearly walking like someone who's in their <laughs> 80s or 90s. Either that or you shit yourself. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Or both. Or both. Or both. And yeah. don't get me wrong. I love De Niro. I love Pesci. But, like, watching that movie, it, it took me out. I'm like, uh, you're not. You're, oh, you're yeah. so old. I just, like, I don't uh, want to see this de-aging technology become so uh, done too much. The, the, Tarkin, where... the Tarkin thing was, a th- like, a big, like, what are they gonna? Th- they gonna? They gonna like do a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> with Gene Wilder? I like, mean, you, is that where it's gonna go? Yeah, like that's a, dangerous it's, territory. It's a very dangerous territory. They did it in that. They did it briefly. I mean, they did it briefly at the end for Leia. I don't. Well, no, it wasn't. Well, well, that was done before she passed. That is true. And that was one of the. But it's still. It's like yo. There's a lot. This opens up a lot of things, but like, they also did it in, in episode nine with Luke and Leia. They yeah, de-aged them. Exactly. I um, mean, I know they got the consent from Carrie Fisher's estate and her yeah. family, but like, yeah, that's a, that's a slippery slope. I don't know. I think for a TV show, I don't think that they would do that. Yes, yeah, too. Well, I don't know. Honestly, I, like I said, just dress up Sebastian Stan. It'll look better naturally. Yeah. Yeah. It'll look just better get, naturally. Get, like, we get it. Like, you're not going to like, that'd be like if uh, they did the prequels and like, <laughs> He's Al Guinness again. All right, like, right. no, yeah. just recast, recast, just recast. We understand. Father Time comes for us all. Get someone who can uh, emulate the mannerisms of the previous actor. Has a slight resemblance to them. But I mean, the main thing is, as long as they get the caricature down, I feel the the mannerisms. Oh, yeah, me, the mannerisms, the caricature. Because I mean, I, I look at the way CGA technology is nowadays, and a lot of stuff that I used to think was cool and legit looking. Looks like garbage now. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's like little minute details. Yeah. King Kong looks like trash now. Oh, the, yeah, the Peter Jackson one? 2007, yeah. whatever it came out. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's, it, it don't look good. No. Um, like uh, Tron Uprising. 
Yeah. Or not Tron Uprising. That was the animated show. Tron Legacy. Like, they digitally de-aged Jeff Bridges. And, like, you watch it now, and it's like, okay, yeah, that doesn't look good. I mean, that has the scapegoat of it's in a digital world anyway, so it's not going to look organic. Right. But it's still, it's like, ooh. Yeah. It's it's just, it's very dangerous. Um, Even Tarkin in Rogue One. Like, I'm like, his, his, his eyes, he's got lifeless eyes. Like a doll's eyes. Yeah, it, it like, bites India. His <laughs> eyes roll back into his head, <laughs> and it's true. It was a little disturbing. So, um, if it's gonna be Luke, just blow us all away. Make it Sebastian Stan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously it's already been recorded, so this is gonna be a huge surprise for for everybody. It's already been. It's it's, it's pre-taped. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I mean, but but Disney does a good job. I think. Well, at least not. Completely Disney, but I feel like Dave Filoni knows what's going on, what Star Wars fans he's, want. He's got a good hand on the pulse. Oh, the other thing too, the the Grand Admiral Thrawn reveal. Yeah, which which the, I didn't, I didn't. It bothered me when they brought him into Rebels because Hair of the Empire. That's like the Thrawn trilogy is one of my favorite pieces of literature. I right. love the Timothy Zahn uh, three novels. Uh, it's such a good. That was like the original sequel trilogy for the longest time, um, but. It just dawned on me that, like, okay, this takes place five years after Jedi. That's when the Thrawn trilogy took place. And they could bring Thrawn back and kind of redo the Thrawn trilogy with the characters and the people on the board that they have. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Like, even though he was introduced in Rebels, uh, at the end of Rebels, he went to the unknown regions of the galaxy which is fitting for his character because when he comes back, he's a, a manipulative mastermind. He studies uh, races and he studies their their beliefs and their cultures to better understand an enemy so he knows how to exploit and defeat them. Right. Uh, so the fact that he goes and he could possibly come back and be a threat. But I really wouldn't be surprised if we never see Ahsoka Tano again in The Mandalorian and it's a spinoff and we never see Thrawn in The Mandalorian. We never see Ezra Bridger or any of this stuff, um, I could see that being its own show with the reception that Rosario Dawson got for the character of Ahsoka. Yeah, she was a smoke show. She was, I mean, she's, I mean, ever she since. already is. Ever since Sin City, I've been like, that is a. I just found her. I an attractive her. and skilled lady. I've seen her nude. Um, There's another, like, a, she had, like, a sex scene in another movie. I looked I'm it sure up. I'm sure they all have. I looked it up because I was really mad at my wife. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go beat off to Rosario <laughs> Dawson. And I found... <laughs> nothing, and I, nothing better than a hate and beat I found, off. <laughs> it was... When you're angry, you're just pounding that pud. <laughs> I slept like a fucking baby afterwards, too. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's what happened. And, uh, yeah, she. I thought, I thought she looked great. Yeah. I thought she fit the part very well. I mean, this is something... A lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. It's a live-action presentation. I, I know a lot of people are complaining that her, her talons weren't as long as they appeared in Rebels. Yeah. But uh, they she actually... She told shrinkage. Well, like, Filoni even came out and said it just didn't work practically. Right. Like, she couldn't turn her head. She was like Keaton and Batman. Yeah. She couldn't turn her head side to side. Like, like how are you going to fight scenes? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. So, um, I did like that. I was very excited to, to see that. Um, I had heard it before, unfortunately. I got to view it, but... Um, it was a good thing, and you know, I did say that I was a little like down on on how some of the ma- earlier Mando episodes were doing, but um, you know, episodes two and three I weren't like very fond of. I thought they were just kind of filler bullshit, but um, I like the direction that they're going. I'm, I'm honestly excited. 
I think we're going to get a lot of spinoff stuff from it. You know, I think this is a good way to uh, explore the rest of the Star Wars universe in a Disney Plus streaming service yeah. type fashion. I really do. You're, you're, there's a lot of good fan service coming from this. And, and I mean, is Floney officially in charge of Star Wars going forward? Like, is it no, unit? he's not officially. Okay. I mean, he's he's high up there. But is it's Kathleen like, Kennedy still in charge? She, no, she's not like in charge, but it's like there's like uh, I, I don't think there's one person in charge, which I think is I mean, I think it's like an a slow uh, overturn of power. I think Kathleen Kennedy right. still has her hand in th- some things. Dave Filoni, John Favre, so they're all doing different things, and they have their hands in different pots. So we'll see what happens, but I think it's they're they're trying to transition out in the smoothest way possible. Good, because um, I, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not I, a fan of Kathleen Kennedy I at all. Politely and respectfully, hope she gets rickets. <laughs> I hate. I, I'm so gonna good. go. I'm gonna one up, and I hope that the polio comes for her. Ooh. I'm going to one-up. and <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be a dark path. We're going to so, lose another 300 listeners. Well, <laughs> so, uh, uh, oh, um, so a couple things I want to get into. Sure. Going Disney Plus, we got Hawkeye. They're going to start filming. And uh, a lot of people are hoping that Haley Steinfeld, they're assuming she's going to be Kate Bishop, but it hasn't been officially announced. But there also haven't been any conventions to officially announce this stuff. Correct. She did post something where the ending of her post had a crossbow or a, a bow and arrow. Ooh. So let's hope that she gets that role because she's she's a fantastic actress. I've always loved her ever since I saw her in True Grit with Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, and uh, the guy from Goonies. <laughs> mm. He played Thanos, but he's always the guy from Goonies oh, for me. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Brolin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing, like, um, I'm a big believer in just let people be people. You want to be who you want to be. We only get one life, people. Be what you want to be. Yeah. Um, big shout out to Elliot Page from X-Men franchise, the Umbrella Academy franchise. Oh, she- Ellen? Ellen Page? She is not Ellen anymore. Oh. She is now Elliot Page. Oh, okay. So she has come out as trans, and she's going by the name Elliot now. Okay. So you do you. Um, good for you. Seriously, I mean. She's a great actress. Like said, uh, she she's is. great in the Umbrella Academy. I always thought she was great Kitty Pride. Uh, Juno. She was great in Juno. Right. She's just a talented actress. And I know she got a lot of fat flack from that uh, hate monger, uh, Brian Singer. And uh, the guy from X Men: Last Stand, what's his name? He did the Abomination of Dark Phoenix too. <laughs> oh dear God! Yeah, so I mean, good for her yeah. to have the courage to come out and and you just be you. I mean, it's you. You get one life. You just do you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, whether you understand it or not, just let people be. Yeah, you themselves. don't have to. No, exactly. So um, very good. Do we have any other news? I think. I mean, we. I feel like the movie news has been pretty much repetitive. Yeah, uh, I mean, comic book news. Comic book releases have been slow. Uh, I was. Oh, I, do, I did want to say this. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, last week there was a small, there was a blooper on my part that I did not cut out. So, uh, Will was talking. Will mentioned Wonder Woman, <laughs> and then like five minutes later, I just had like a stroke or something, and I completely forgot that you mentioned Wonder Woman. And we got back. I announced to like, oh, Wonder Woman's coming out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I did it a second time. 
Oh, really? I did. I didn't realize it. I don't think I. I don't think I didn't know if you guys realized it, but I listened back and you're like, "Yeah, Wonder Woman's getting released on HBO Max and come out to theaters on December 25th." And we, we like got sidetracked. We did something, and then like seven to. That's how long our news goes. Like seven to ten minutes later, I go, yeah, big news, guys. Wonder Woman coming out. So <laughs> well, I, I repeated it. it was well, like, that's all right. I mean, hey, repet- repetition gets it in people's heads. I guess. I guarantee it, it was Micah. Me. I guarantee it was Micah. He threw me yeah. off. Yeah, he always does. <laughs> that's what he does. That's we what love he does. him. We love him regardless. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I think for the mo- comic book stuff, uh, how – how much did you guys go into the DC comic stuff a couple weeks ago? Yeah, we went pretty extensive because okay. I mean I know Greg's a big comic book guy and uh, he who should not be named. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, like he he was he was heartbroken by it as we all were. Yeah. Uh, so we went pretty in depth about how that's like it's it's not shutting down, shutting down, but it's it's dwindling down. Even looking like when I looked at the comic book releases for tomorrow, like. There's not a lot from DC. There's not a lot across the board. I think it's a lot of distribution issues, and I think that's everything. Like yep. I've been noticing, my packages from uh, website XYZ are taking a little bit longer to get to me. They're they're been in California for like three days now. I don't know yeah. when, when they get there. They get there, um, and I think like I, I know next week. Um, obviously, I, I have a biased opinion, but like uh, Batman: The Adventure Continues, which is a a uh, Continuation of the Batman animated series issue seven of eight comes out tomorrow, which I'll be picking up, and then uh, the TMNT series from IDW, which I'm a big fan of. Issue uh, the Jenica number two, issue number two comes out tomorrow. That's a uh, six comic uh, issue arc. Uh, they did one and it sold so well that they decided to do another of the Jenica uh, a turtle. Which, uh, by the way, I mean, if you're a fan of that series and you're a fan of action figures, uh, hit us up. I'll let Matt know uh, if you hit us up because I'm not on that social media thing. I don't know <laughs> how it works. But uh, you, do if, I, you do I <laughs> if you buy yourself a Donatello action figure from Five Below for five five dollars, it's a very easy uh, configuration to make. That figure into a Jenica. I did it. It didn't take me more than three days. It came out really great. I'll send a picture to Matt. He can put it on the website. Yeah, he can put it on the old face book. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's... The old book face. Yeah, the old book of faces. And it'll be a, a picture of a, a Jenica figure that I've uh, I, I, I made out of a Donatello. I'm a big customization guy. Uh, ever since this whole pandemic made me stay inside and try to do stuff. <laughs> That's fair. I mean... I... She's a great character, too. I mean, um, she's pretty much uh, anything they wanted to do with Venus de Milo from that Next Mutation god-awful series, but she's done well. And she doesn't have breasts because female turtles do not have breasts. I have a female turtle, and she doesn't have breasts, so nor should a a mutated female turtle have breasts. That's fair. She's a reptile. She's not a mammal. (laughs) (laughs) It's genetics, folks. (laughs) That's fair. I'm surprised. It's 2020. Everything gets sexualized. Yeah. Um, including this podcast. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we don't got too much in the uh, other other than that in the news department. We always love our little Star Wars chats. We hope you appreciate them too. But uh, we have some comic books to read. Yes. And our theme of this month, Micah decided it. Uh, decided on it last week. Was for a holly jolly holidays. holidays. Yeah, we are looking at this entire month of December. We are looking at holiday specials. It uh, doesn't matter where from, what uh, what brand, and if it, it says holiday special on it, we are reading it. Uh, 
I mean, I guess we can have a little discussion that before we really get into it about you know holiday specials and what these books often mean. There's um, no holiday special better than the Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas from Jim Henson. <laughs> is is that what you're reading? No, oh. but if they made a comic, <laughs> I would read it. I've I think I've brought that show up nonchalantly like four times, and I don't think any of you know what it is. So I'm just gonna keep bringing no. it up. I actually I just found uh, I just found <laughs> the Star Wars holiday special on YouTube in, in oh the in full. full. I was. I have uh, never watched it before. I was gifted a digital video disc copy, bootleg copy from my wife, and it's fantastic. I've watched it every holiday season. There's about a five minute scene where uh, Chewbacca's father Itchy is watching what seems to be a pornographic film on a video headset. Is that that? Oh, the because like I only watched. <laughs> I almost live streamed me watching it painfully. On, it on is it is hard to watch. It's very bad. Carrie Fisher looks like she's coked out of her brain. <laughs> Harrison Ford looks like he's drunk. Mark Hamill looks like he's on every type of LSD. Like they are they are in rare form. They're barely in it. B. Arthur has a wonderful song and dance number. Yeah. Um I, I, I watched the credits and then I watched the, the baby Chewbacca thing. Oh I thought it was gonna jump off lumpy, the Lumpy, yeah, lumpy. I thought it was jump yeah, off like the and like the first like ten minutes is just but and there's it, no subtitles. Right? You That's don't know what what's going on. I was so mad. I yeah. was like, George Lucas, how dare you? No, he had nothing to do with that. That's why they buried it for so long. <laughs> but speaking of this, the best thing is they just released on Disney Plus the Lego Star Wars holiday special, and Chewbacca's family is in it. They're in it Are they from really? the holiday special, and they bring up Life Day. And it's the fact that Itchy's there, Lumpy's there, and ah, oh, what's Chewie's wife's name? I can't remember. But she's also in it. They're all in it. They they don't name them by name, but they're clearly they're those characters. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, holiday specials are just oh. a very they're a very interesting thing. Whether it's TV shows, especially like we're going to be talking about comic book holiday specials. Uh, if you've never read a holiday special before, they're just like the uh, they're very fun way to close up a, a year of, of comic book production. It really is. A lot of things that happen in holiday special books, they don't have any meaning on a storyline. It's just it's literally just a culmination of a bunch of characters in a ser- specific series doing holiday esque stuff that yeah. you know yeah. you probably you might not appreciate in a main storyline book. Like I'm really excited to read about mine. Um uh my book today I'm sure Will is uh ready for his but um but yeah I mean holiday specials I used to turn away from them. I'm like, these don't look great. Like, if I'm, I would probably not buy a holiday special in a bookstore, if that makes sense. When I, when it, it depends it, on how long it is. No, it, it depends on my age. Like, when I was a kid, it's like you're trying to impress everybody. Like, oh, that's stupid. Now I'm like, as an adult, you appreciate <laughs> it's it more. stupid. I'm gonna buy this. <laughs> like, your your perception totally changes. That's uh, that's accurate. That's wise. That's wisdom is what that, that is. is. Wisdom. That is wisdom. <laughs> You've got some years on me, too, not to put a date on you. Well, so. that's all right. But I, I understand appreciating that sort of thing. Yeah. They're fun. I like I like a good long read when it comes to comic books. Excuse me. When most, it comes to comic books, Most holiday too. specials, they're not like your average the size. They're, yeah, not like they're, 12, little, they're, they're probably like 20-something you know, yeah, pages. They're, yeah. And they still Give produce a little more. regularly. We, I know when we first did this show, we would read a fun X-Men one. And... Um, Oh, did Gene and, and Scott and, and oh, Logan all get together? Don't you fucking start. <laughs> <laughs> I had Stop to take it. That Every shot. time you say it, I have to look up at my lunchbox, okay? My 
My therm my thermos lunchbox. I have to look at this thing. I paid twenty dollars for this a couple years ago. That's total, actually, that's a big value. Who's on that? Is that Jubilee? I see Jubilee, Jubilee Logan. There's no there's, there's no, no Jean Grey. Is that Psylocke? There's Psylocke Ooh, in between. That's cool. Rogue Beast Gambit. Oh, Gambit. You got Rogue and Gambit on there and Beast. And it's You're still all hit. set. It's still it's got the my, thermos. It's, it's still got the koozie. It's got the thermos. Oh, the, that's nice. I don't know if it's ever been used. Yeah. I never opened. There's it. probably still soup in there. Chicken and stars. <laughs> oh God. No, there's something in there. Yeah, you probably should have watched that right away. I mean, I'll... that's just been fermenting for years. Man, you gotta check that. <laughs> I mean, I never used it. But yeah, like... but you don't know who had it before you. I trust the guy. Um, every time you say something, I have to go look up at this thing. Well, that's okay. It's all right. I, you know, every time I watch Empire, I gotta see two two siblings kiss. I get over it. Touche. Touche. Um, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Hey man, it's life. You do you. I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I'll start off this one. You go ahead. I'll start off this. This one. looks cool though. I yeah. This is this is a very this is a very cool book. Um, so the book I chose is uh, I went superheroes. I know we 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 go away from superheroes quite often on the show. Um, I love '90s Spider-Man, at least like mid to early '90s. Maybe not the late '90s. It got a little crazy then, but. Um, not, we're looking at the Spider-Man Holiday Special from 1995. I'm I'm just loving the fact that Venom's got a freaking Santa Claus hat on the cover. It's so cool. Awesome. And there's yeah. two Spider-Man. Is that, is that is that? I see Peter Parker. Is that the other one? Ben Riley? I don't know. I want to believe so. They think, don't really go into detail. Okay, I think that I think it's the Ben Riley suit. And then yeah, because yeah, it's Torch? a clone. They, they mentioned the clone. Yeah, they mentioned I think the it's clone. Ben Riley, so it's got to yeah. be Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. Yeah. Even though it's not the cool Scarlet Spider. Yeah, where he's costume. got the hoodie on. I lo- that's my that, honestly. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Um, that's why I love the uh, Spider-Man. I, it's it's hidden behind there because it was almost like a tribute to it. The, yeah. the very first Spider-Man costume. Yep. Oh yeah, the uh, the origins one. Yes. Yep. So. Um, all right, here we go. We're gonna start from the first page. It uh, it looks like it. Yeah, it's. I believe it's Ben Riley Spider Man. It looks it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's got a nice form. It's um, a high <laughs> kick. He's flexible. He's high kick. He's, he's, uh, his his glutes are all popped out. Um, whap. <laughs> whap. Yeah. Wet <laughs> ass. Oh. <laughs> Wet ass. Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So he's fighting off some uh, some gangsters in an alleyway, and he he strings them up like a Christmas tree, and he gives these uh, these gifts to this uh, this this wonderful couple. He goes uh, he's 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 by the bridge, one of the bridges in New York City, and there's some girl jumping off, and he or he thinks she's flying at first, but there's some girl dropping off jumping off the bridge, looking to kill herself. He goes to save her, and she's really depressed. You know, you jerk! I didn't want to be saved. And he goes, I, I beg your pardon. And she's explaining how she lost her job. Uh, she has no friends, no family, no money, and she just got kicked out of her apartment. And she wanted to end it all. And uh, Spider Man does a very Christmas. It was just a very nice thing, um, you know. Telling her, you know, people care. You, you gotta, you kind of gotta go through uh, the hard stuff, and and, and you you do matter. You do matter. You know, it, there are people who care, and I care, which was like, it was really cool, really yeah. touching, because. Spider-Man always came off as one of those, like, personable heroes, right? You're not going to get, like, that kind of thing from a Daredevil or an X-Men or maybe the Fantastic Four. They're more like a bigger level where Spider-Man's a street level, a true street level hero, in my opinion. I think this also proves that Ben Riley is better than Peter Parker because he could successfully catch a woman falling off a bridge and not killing her. 
Oh. <laughs> the cool thing, though, Oof. too, is like <laughs> it's got a cool like callback to like It's a Wonderful Life because uh, um, Arctic, uh, not Articus Finch, that was the other one. <laughs> that, oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he wanted to jump off the bridge before his guardian angel came to see him. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a nice little like nod to Christmas. I did like movie. that. Yeah. That, that's pretty the cool. The scenery is really cool. I mean, it's New York City in, yeah, Christ- in, the in snow. Christmas time. In you, the got, snow. you got the. You got the Kevin McAllister tree in the background there, yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> which I which I th- and, and I thought it was great. Uh, they they're swinging around and uh, Spider Man, no Ben Riley goes, oh look at uh, there's a riot going on at Manhattan Manhattan Hall. I know last minute sh- Christmas shoppers are uh, can get pretty brutal, but this is ridiculous. And he goes and swings by and he sees that it's uh, who the heck is this guy? Scorcher? I, I've never heard of this guy before. Let me. I mean, he looks. He says it at some point. Um, you know, he's like, "Oh, Merry Christmas!" He's just torturing these people, and Spider-Man's like, "Okay, you hide here. I got to go fight this." Uh, yeah, it's the Scorcher, one of the first supervillains I ever fought. And I'm like, I don't remember that. I got the reruns of your original books, and Scorcher was not when the Gazette or Buffalo News was putting them out. When yeah. The, when uh, Amazing Spider-Man came out or whatever. I'm like, he wasn't part of it. But anyways, they get into a fight and whatever. There's fire and, and, and lots of stuff. And uh, it turns out that, uh, well, Scorcher's about to knock something on top of a a, a person, like a, it's like some kind of structural steel. And uh, the girl that Spider-Man saved, that Ben Riley saved, ends up saving this person. And it's, uh, it's a really cool way that everything kind of comes full circle. Spider-Man finishes him off, finishes off Scorcher and, and webs him up and... Um, she tell you know he he tells he tells this lady that it was gonna kill herself that look at there's somebody alive today because you were alive, and uh, I thought that was a pretty cool thing, all coming full circle. But just a, just a little nice, you know, good to the heart, good for the soul kind of quick Spider-Man yeah, story. Good Christmas stuff. I liked it. Uh, it goes to the next one, the cat who stole Christmas. Oh, little black cat. Uh, the black cat. I'm not Ooh. sure I fully understood the flow of this one and how it all worked, but. Um, anyways, it looks like Kat isn't, she's in a warehouse, she's in a bag of goodies, she's pulling up some presents, so I think the initial thought is, hey, you, you, you stole from them, um, anyways, she's, there's a, there's a bunch of, like, these, these, these hoodlums, they're walking through the, the warehouse, and, uh, one of them has an article that says, toys stolen from orphanage, and, uh, the way I understand it, I feel like Black Cat stole the toys back from the orphanage. Oh, she's, she's a cat burglar. Yeah, and she had, the cops end up coming and arresting these guys because there's no there's no talking boxes, there's no speech boxes or bubbles here, so you don't really know for sure. But it's a very quick book, and and to my yeah, it looks like she's hauling away and she goes to drop off toys to this orphanage, um, which is pretty cool. It's Black Cat, so we know. Black Cat's uh, always been one of my favorite Marvel she's ma- Marvel heroes. I yeah. liked it that they included her in the new Spider-Man game for PS4. Yeah. And they gave her a nice story to it. Yeah. Uh, the next one, I love this one because if you, you know me, Venom is one of my favorite characters in in, in comic books, period. Uh, this story is called The Venom Clause. And uh, it's Venom. He's in an alley, and there's a Santa on the ground. He goes, no, stay away. Don't hurt me. And uh, was this just a remake of Tim Allen's Santa Claus <laughs> with Venom? Actually, now that you mentioned it, it kind of is. Like we just watched it while we were decorating, so I'm like, this sounds a little familiar. <laughs> just Santa fall off the roof, and Eddie Brock's like, well, well this homeless Santa. person fell, <laughs> but those pants look pretty warm. I'll put them on. 
It honestly, now that you mentioned it, kind of does have some vibes to it. Um, when was this? This nine, oh, yeah. Five comedy okay, specials. I think, this I think, is a couple years after. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, what after. came first? <laughs> the holiday it's special. It's acceptable, then. Or the Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, but Venom Sandy in, in the small Santa's like, what are you, what are you? Stay away. And he turns into Eddie. He turns into Eddie Brock and goes, oh, this is my nicer form. And, and what he's like, I heard your moans and came to see if you needed help. And the small Santa goes, well, now I don't need your help. I needed it about 10 minutes ago when I was being beaten up by by those those punks. And he goes on and on. He goes, you know, Venom, Eddie Brock, which punks? Who would dare assault a sidewalk Santa? Did you compare them to a turd floating down? <laughs> Never mind. I, I wish. So the, 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 the sidewalk Santa goes, where are you from? Mars? This is New York City. Even the police get mugged. There's been a rash of attacks in this area. If I'm, I'm not the first victim, and I won't be the last. Well, thanks for the concern, but I got to go. Bye. So this guy's fluster, but it's a cool shot of Eddie Brock. It's half Venom face, half Eddie Brock's face, nice. uh, which I, I actually like that visual quite a bit. So the next night, there's uh, there's looks like, you know, there's there's a there's a Santa, but he looks awfully familiar. <laughs> he looks awfully familiar. There's some some punk who's yelling at a speakerphone and it's like, oh, Christmas spirit is dead. Keep your money, and uh, you know, go rant on it. He's just giving Santa a lot of trouble, and uh, but this Santa fights back. He goes, how about a new look? And he shoves this the 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 speakerphone the. Right, that's what it's called. A speakerphone. What is that so. technically called? I think it's a speakerphone, right? I I think so. Yeah, I would say so. Um, he shoves it in the guy's mouth, like shoves it, and it's re- officially revealed that Eddie Brock is dressed up as Santa Claus uh, right now. At least uh, that's what he's got. So <laughs> a bunch of thugs go to attack him, and uh, Eddie Eddie's getting his, his beat up, and they're gonna go finish him off. And one of them tries to pull the Santa Claus hat off of Eddie Brock Santa. And uh, they're like, oh, I want this cap, Azuner, but it won't come off. And Eddie just goes, that's because it's a part of us. Megaphone. Uh, megaphone. Megaphone. That's what it is. That's what it is. Damn it. That's I just I just had a flash of Jimmy Hart yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shame on you. Uh, he goes, yeah, that's because it's a part of us. And he stands up, and the Venom symbiote takes... Uh, well, it was kind of on him, but the Santa costume turns into the, the Venom symbiote, and he just he beats the piss out of him. Um, he goes, oh, one of, you know, go ahead, shoot me. Uh, one of them pulls a gun on him. He goes, yeah, go ahead, make my day, shoot me. So he does, and all the bullets bounce back. <laughs> they, they reverberate, and they bounce back and hit one, uh, some of the other goons. Um, he, picks, he, he, picks, uh, he picks this one up, this, one of the goons off by the throat. And he's ready to kill him, and some old lady who was on the receiving end of a, a mugging um, goes, you know, it, don't, you know, please let him be. And Venom goes, after what this animal did to you and your husband, you would beg for, uh, you would beg for mercy on his behalf. And she goes, oh, don't mistake me for a fool. I know his da- he's dangerous, but he belongs in jail, not dead. Please let the police deal with him and and with his friends. After all, it's Christmas. And Venom's like, oh, we don't know. We were looking forward to this, uh, to twisting his head off and using it as a Christmas tree ornament. It's like I can picture the Venom movie voice, yeah, saying all this, which yeah. is which makes it like ten times funnier. Um, and the, the goons freaking out, and I and Venom's like, okay, sure, I uh, I guess you're right. 
Since it's Christmas, I'll let him live. You are a very sweet woman, and he gives her a kiss on the cheek. It's it's the most adorable thing. It doesn't look very vicious venom, though. It looks like you, you, you're looking at the, the, the art for this, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, it looks like just symbiote Spider-Man with just a mouth, but you're not seeing the, the vicious teeth and fangs. It's, it's a very different art style, but I kind of like it. It's funny how, how much the comic books changed like in the 90s. Like This is mid-90s, and you could tell it's mid-90s. Uh, the one I'm going to do is like early 90s. Right. And you could tell it's early 90s. Like they were definitely trying to like hone hone down on the violence a little bit, especially like DC and Marvel, um, but still trying to like. Yeah, I mean, he still looks threatening as all hell. Yeah. But like it, it just you could tell it's it's mid 90s. Definitely. Still still gorgeous artwork, though. It really is. But I mean, I'm just looking at the, the way that Venom looks visually. Like it's 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 a unique look. It I like doesn't it. Seem as monstrous. I like, like it. I think, I think a lot of times they rely too much on the the tongue. Yeah, and I think the tongue kind of takes away, because uh, it's uh, it's just too long and too outlandish. Like I like just the, the fangs that like and and uh, the other thing I really like too is his eyes are more like reptilian. Yeah, yeah this he's is got like different. a little he's got like a little slit, so he's got like a pupil almost. It's not just the straight like white vagueness. It's it's pretty neat looking. I like it. I yeah, I don't hate it at all. But um so whatever he goes, uh you want the you know, he gives her gives the old lady a kiss on the cheek, very oh my and then he goes to turns to the, 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 the hoodlum. You on the other hand are filth, pure and simple, so I'll leave you with this warning. You and your punk friends better uh cease and assist your criminal activities, otherwise I'll be back. Remember. And uh, they're turd in the wind. Turd in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> and Venom swings away, uh, grinning with his reptilian eyes. He goes, "We know, we know who's naughty, and we'll put put him on ice. You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not shout. We're telling you why. Venom Claus is coming to town. Venom Claus is coming to town. It was the most. Um, and you, ho ho ho. And that, that's the end of that book, which or that little part of the story, which I I thought it was it, thought it was charming." And by this time, Venom isn't as vicious. I think we this like nineties. I think was when they were doing like the mid nineties. I think they were doing the Lethal Protector line. Yes, so he's trying to, to become him, more of an anti. Yeah, anti hero. Anti hero. Yeah. yeah. Uh, him and Spider Man still hate each other. There's still some disagreements, but um, I know that around this time too, they did the Planet of the Symbiotes yeah. uh, storyline, and, and Venom was once again because he got so big that they couldn't make him a bad guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's like that's why I think they made Carnage to bring Carnage in as the villain, and I, then. Give Spider-Man and Venom a reason to team up, and and honestly, it it it's some of my favorite dynamics. Yeah, some created some of my favorite sto- my favorite storyline is Maximum Carnage. Yeah, and and it, it, it I think it's great that you know, and I love the video game, and I, and I'm really glad that they kind of made Venom it, in that light because he was he was uber popular. They they were getting worried that they were using him too much and they were going to devalue him, but people were obsessed with the, the thing. Venom the character. thing I liked about the the turn of the Venom characters is like, okay, the symbiote attached to Spider-Man. And a corrupted Spider-Man, yeah. right? To a certain degree. Uh, I mean, obviously, he went against his morals, but he didn't go, like, apeshit crazy. Yeah. So it made sense to me that once the symbiote left Spider-Man and attached to someone else, it would still have a semblance of responsibility and goodness. So the fact yeah, that, like, it's a I lethal... Thought about yeah, that. it's like a lethal protector. Like, it still has those those uh, urges and... and, uh, and you know, impulses to do wrong, and and it but doesn't his even, values are still there. But it doesn't even know that that's wrong, right? You know, now that it has 
the imprint of Peter Parker's morals, it goes, okay, maybe this stuff, I can still act this way, but let's let's kind of hone it to the people that deserve it. It's almost, almost, you know. I never thought of it that way before. Yeah. And that's that, actually, re- that's a really cool, like, perspective. That's kind of how it. I always viewed it. Like, it made I never sense thought to of me it that, like that. that Venom would, that once the symbiote left Spider-Man and attached to someone else, that it would still have a semblance. That's why, I mean, he still shoots the webs. Yeah. Even though they're black webs. He still has but kind the morality of, the, is yeah, there. He's still got the spider there. logo, so it would make sense that he would he would uh, adopt some of the the Peter Parker morals. That's true. That's a, that's a, I really never thought of that. I like that a lot. Uh, the next story it's called Companions. There's a guy named Willie, and he's visiting oh, Willie. Oh, he looks Willie. like Wilford Brimley. He's <laughs> got his diabetes. Diabetes. Uh, he's he's visiting the gray the tombstone uh, the headstone of. May, May Parker. And, is that and May, May and Ben? I think Ben. Is yeah, it's Ben next. Yeah, Ben next. Um, they were very close companions, very close friends. Oh. And uh, he's alone. He's alone without without May Parker. I'm not sure why she died in the 90s or what happened. Um, May Parker, wasn't it Aunt May? Didn't she? I, I can't remember. I knew, I knew there was a storyline in the with 2000s. The I think there was something with Some the Some kind of virus or something like yeah. that. Um, I'm not sure what was going on at night, but this is, I mean, this is, Kind of a, a cutesy story. He goes, he's really depressed. He goes, you know, I, I never been a very good man, at, you know, but it, you just you've been you were so good to me, such a good friend. They do some flashbacks where, um, you know, he's visiting Willie Lumpkin, ma'am. My Willie Lumpkin, that's his name. Oh, come on, Lumpkin. And they're watching. Bit. They're watching TV. They're watching The Grinch, uh, but it's around Christmas time, and he goes to visit, and uh, and he keeps looking over at this other lady who's visiting somebody she, you know, she lost as well, and all of a sudden, you know. Uh, Oh, he says this. You were my family. What good are holidays without somebody to care about? And when he says that, the wind picks up and blows a rose, one of the oh. roses that he decided to drop off at May Parker's grave, and it goes over to, uh, he picks it up in front of this other lady. And uh, they strike up a conversation, and they go hang out, and they go walk off, and they're like, yeah, I make good company, and this and that. And the closing image of that is uh, May Parker at Forest Hill Cemetery. Um, that's what it says, but it, uh, May Parker is looking down like a, it, it's just like really, really sweet. Yeah. Uh, the the last story that we have Christmas morning alone, a uh, figure waits on top of the Statue of Liberty. It's the Human Torch. Um, he <laughs> he puts out a it's spider, like a spider signal. signal. <laughs> he puts out that you know he's like, oh, it's you know things are different this year. He's explaining all his issues and in, in in you know that he had in the mid nineties were a little rough on. Uh, for the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards died around this time. They killed him off for a little bit. And uh, there was some other stuff, too. Johnny had gone through some pretty traumatic stuff. But anyways, he's chatting with, uh, I think, a Peter Parker Spider-Man. Yeah, I would imagine. Because they're actually both in this segment, and it's a little confusing. But anyways, they're talking, they're chatting about the year, and blah, blah, blah. Peter Parker, yep, it is Peter Parker. Because he's ready to take his mask off. Uh, he's he's ready to take his mask off and show him who he is. And Human Tor- uh, Johnny Storm is like, "No, um, please don't." He's like, "You think I want to see your ugly face? Look, you don't need the you don't need the hassle of people knowing who you are, and I don't need to know your name. It's enough knowing that you are a friend here. Merry Christmas!" And uh, he hands him a Venom doll. He goes, "It's a talking Venom doll. They're all the rage right now." Uh, if you push the the button, he says, "I want to eat your brains." <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Parker goes, "Oh, good! My wife's going to love this." And uh, he gives it. To, he gives a present to Johnny Storm, and it's a uh, picture of the Statue of Liberty. 
And uh, Johnny Storm's confused, but he leaves his phone number. He goes, that's that's in case you ever need to talk. And uh, and whatever. So Johnny Storm's hanging out. And the other Spider-Man decides to show up. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it got a little confusing here for a second. But uh, Johnny Storm gives him his, because uh, he knows how lonely... Ben Riley is at this point. This is a couple years, you know, the Clone Wars. He was Peter Parker. He had, did have Peter Parker's identity for a little bit, but he has nobody at this point. And Johnny Storm kind of knows that, so he gives him his Fantastic Four card with his number. He goes here in case you need to talk. Um, give Hope me a he call. Comes the, the Fantastic Bagman. <laughs> <laughs> Another favorite costume of mine. Yeah. Another. I think they have a Funko Pop up. They, they do. They it's a Walgreens do. exclusive. I kind of want it. Um, so so Johnny Storm is kind of being a friend to Ben Riley and, and whatnot, and um, he takes off, he flies off, and, and that's the end of the holiday special. Uh, it's a long book, but honestly, like I said, I love long comic books. I hate spending $4 on a comic book and being done with it in five minutes. Yeah. I hate it. I want a nice, big, juicy story to sink my teeth into, and that's why I value the holiday special book so much is because there, it, there's more to it than, than you know, it's... It's a feel-good story. It's a bunch of feel-good stories, and there's a lot of value that comes with it. So um, that is my book. That is the Spider-Man Holiday Special from 1995. Um, William. It's a nice book. Um, Mine is not so nice. (laughs) Uh, I'm going with a book from 1902. Oh, man. I was one years old. I was seven. You were you were one year old. You were just a was newborn born in, baby uh, boy. I was born in ninety one. So uh, this the art style is very, um, very jagged, very uh, distinct. Um, I'm surprised when I started reading that this is a DC book. Not only because of the tone, but because it's a DC book. But it was 1992. They yeah, weren't they mainstream. Weren't... They were trying to be hip, cool. This is before the whole death of Superman. So this is when the comic book industry was kind of not in a good place financially. Uh, So they were trying to do different stuff. And this is with Lobo. Now, Lobo is a character I don't know a whole lot about, but I've always been intrigued because he just looks cool. He looks kind of like a Gene Simmons with a Fu Manchu who rides out into space on a motorcycle that can do that. Uh, He's just a cool-looking character. And this is the... The Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special. Now the the cover <laughs> the cover's got Lobo standing there with a like a like a, a machete, a jagged machete over a clearly defeated Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts out now the beginning and the ending of this it's kind of weird because like the story in itself I think is good, but the beginning and the end is kind of strange. It starts off with this like decrepit house, and it's like Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, and it says. Christmas, the season of snow, Santa and goodwill to all, when even alien worlds dust off their Bing Crosby albums, stock up on mincemeat pies, exchange seasonal gifts, and get down to some serious revelry. I love the Bing Crosby reference. I'm a huge Crosby fan. Are you? But we, we get these two characters that are, are uh, they're not, they're, yeah, they're not, they're not PC. Uh, one, one woman is very not, not pretty. She's got foam rollers on. The other guy kind of looks... He reminds me of the, the main character from Eraserhead because he just he's got this big old schnoz and just jagged teeth. This art is very interesting. It is very. It reminds me a lot of, and I I meant to check to see if it's same same artist, but I'm a big fan of the TMNT body count 
comics that came out about the same time, and the art style is very similar. It's very jagged, very graphic. Um, and it says, At this joyous time, spare a thought for those who thought no fault of their own <coughs> or mere stupidity have little cause and less ability to celebrate at all. So we get this couple, and basically, like, they have ten kids, and they don't have a pot to piss in. The guy doesn't have a job, so they're upset because they can't buy gifts for the kids. Kid guy just lost a job. And apparently in their world, if the kids don't get presents, the kids kill their parents. Oh. Like, string them up, eat them, just do terrible things to their parents. So the parents are like, well, we got to take these kids out before they take us out. And the husband grabs a shotgun. He's like, honey, back me up. And it's just very strange. Um, and uh, they open the door to go take out their kids with a shotgun. And there's a book sitting there. And they pick up the book, and they're not really sure what it is. And they open it. And it says, no job, no money, no prospects, no Christmas. Each year, thousands of parents die in incidents from domestic violence perpetrated by their very own and very irate children. Yes, that's right. Ordinary kids who realize they will enjoy no Christmas turn to their folks with a homicidal mania of unprecedented proportions. What can you do to prevent your death? Well, fortunately, the answer is simple. Merely read this book of your to your children. It's the Lobo Xmas Sanction. Or, tis the season to be jolly. Ra-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Whoa! You say, what difference can one proxy little book make? To which we say, read it to them, and you'll see. Backed by our ironclad guarantee. So basically, they're saying if you read this to your kids and they still kill you, they'll give you the expense it'll cost for your funeral. <laughs> Very strange. This is, and this is honestly incredible. Yeah. I, I'm gonna save this and use this as our picture for tomorrow's episode when I share it. Yeah, it's just it's bonkers. So so they decide like, well, is it gonna work? Well, let's read it first before we read it to our kids, and we'll see what'll happen. And bam, we cut to a sweet shot of Lobo. And it says, once upon a time, there was a really cool dude. There was also a dog of sorts that had taken to following him around. And it's Lobo sitting there in all his glory with this bulldog, white bulldog. Uh, The next shot, we see him walking into a bar. And he says he's here. He's looking for someone. And the bar keeps like, yeah, he's in the back, way back. Uh, (laughs) uh, So Lobo, uh, he starts walking to the back of the bar. And there we see a rabbit sitting in a very nice suit, but he's he's clearly hammered as hell. He's pour, He goes to pour a glass of wine, but he pours it all over the table. Lobo grabs the bunny, and this is where we find out that it's not just any bunny. It's the Easter bunny. <laughs> and the Easter bunny, he has reached out to Lobo to take out old Kris Kringle. Because, uh, how you know, all the other holidays, they're suffering because this fat, Chris Kringle, he's taken up all the all the adoration of everyone in the world. I mean, like, what good are he even says what good are colored eggs in a basket when he's giving them X Y Z for Christmas? Honestly, Easter is like my least favorite holiday. Like, I mean, yeah, even, like like if you even, even if you could, I mean Valentine's Day is pretty crappy too, but I mean, there is nothing that appeals to me about Easter son, about Easter. No, I agree it with doesn't. you. It's, it's I don't even like ham. The, it's terrible. I do. That is a plus, but it's like, yo. Four months ago, I was getting boxes and boxes of presents. 
you give me an Easter basket with maybe a DVD yeah. and a well, bunch can, of you fucking only fit peeps. So much. Yeah. Fucking peeps. You know what you do with peeps? They're trash. Oh, this is what you do with peeps. You put two peeps in a microwave and you stick a toothpick in each of them and then you hit the microwave on and they start expanding and expanding and expanding. And whatever peep expands to the point where they get stabbed by the other one's toothpick first and they it's, it's peep dueling. It's awesome. It's the I best thing ever. Your microwave will be destroyed and it'll take a long time to clean. Totally worth it though. If we can if we can make a lot of money starting a YouTube channel, I will have a new microwave yep. in here every single week. Peep peep battles, man. It's good stuff. That's like fun. That. That's how I that's how I use my peeps. <laughs> so basically uh Lobo's like, Yeah, well I got a high price. So the Easter Bunny said, Yeah, okay, we'll do it. And you know, Lobo he realized like, you know what? I'm gonna take the job because I had a lot of lousy Christmas. I never got anything I asked for. So here's here's Lobo. He goes out. And he's got this sweet ass ride, and this one this shot's kind of weird because he gets on his motorcycle and it's like a space like scene, but there's dolphins just flying in the sky for some reason. You see this? Yes. Why are there dolphins flying in the sky? It's I don't kind know. Of be- if it looks like a beautiful piece of art, it is. Uh, so we get we we just see Lobo locking and loading with all these all these sweet ass guns, and then uh, the next shot we see. We see Lobo coming up on what appears to be Santa's workshop. And it's just an industrial wasteland. Far to the north in the land of everlasting ice lay the stronghold of Santa Claus, a brutal dictator repeatedly slammed by Amnesty International. He ran his empire with an iron fist, planned malnutrition, kept his army small in stature, but fighting fit and fierce as ferrets. Because ferrets are terrifying. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) Only highly sophisticated public relations techniques and a a once-a-year charity splurge kept his image smooth as with the public. Jolly Santa Claus, the world called him, but his slaves knew him better as Krish Crusher Kringle. And we see the the compound. It looks like just an industrial wasteland. Smoke's coming out. We see two two guards standing by the gates. Says, keep out. Lobo goes, ah, two guards, bunch of idiots. Plump, plump. Takes them both out. So then Lobo comes on up, and there's these, like, random penguins in it for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> they remind me of, like, the penguins in the Muppet Show. They just kind of, they're around. So Lobo, he he locks and loads. He's got a stick, stick of dynamite, the old school bomb. Blows up the gate to get in. And then we get the uh, the classic, auga, auga. We see these leads creepy-looking elves, and they're sitting there with a bunch of toys. I see a Batman, and it's cool because there's a Ninja Turtle in there and a bunch of other weird stuff. Uh, then, you know, they're they're calling alert, alert. Somebody's breaking it in, and we see Lobo. He's got this sweet-ass gun. He comes in, and uh, the, the elves go, we're being broken in by the naughtiest one has come. <laughs> and then we see Lobo. He's coming in. Uh, he's looking around. And this is fucking incredible. All of a sudden, all the elves, he's like, where is everybody? I don't see anybody. And all of a sudden, all the elves pop up. And they're like, yeah. And he goes, oh, it's a, it's a midget fairy convention. <laughs> so the one elf, he comes up. He's like, you're surrounded. Every elf is a crack shot. Throw down your weapons. And, you know, Lobo is like, yeah, that don't mean nothing to me. So all the elves, they take aim. And they shoot, and we get it. They're just cork pops. Pop, 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 pop. Just a bunch of corks on a bunch of strings. 
and the oh, I ain't just that the cutest thing in the world. Then all of a sudden, Lobo, he's standing there, and he just leads them all to slaughter. He just starts firing off on them, and the next shot's ridiculous. We see three elves, one Yo, being decapitated in- by a bullet, the other one being just impaled and his intestines flying everywhere. The other one, his head's just exploding. And then the next shot down, we got one. We could see his brain splurging out, his eyeballs coming off, his nose coming off, his tongue just ripped off. The other one looks like a goddamn Martian with his eyeballs popping every which way. Very graphic, very cool. The, the next th- one's the next even one, worse. His, his, his head's off, his, his hand out. is gone, his arm's off, his intestines, his intestines, are, intestines leaking are leaking out everywhere, and he's just calling them dwarves, and he's just taking them out, and then he's just firing and firing and firing, and then uh, he he starts singing, uh, oh, the the one thing that's cool, is he starts going, oh, you know, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Oh, wait, these are the wrong dwarves, aren't they? <laughs> so then he starts singing, you know, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Bo is coming to town. He's just lighting them up. Then all of a sudden his dog, he just chases down this elf and he rips his arm off and then you see him he just eats him he just head first eats him takes his head in his jowls just eats him crazy and then we see we see lobo walking off and we just got a pile of dead elves just riddled with bullets this has greg written all over it and, and like it's just oh it's amazing so then we we see oh lobo and he's he's just like oh, all right let's find the old fat man so he's walking around and we see all these Fine antiques, like something you'd see at your your like grandmother's house. Not to like mock grandmother style, but we've all been there. It's like you you see this picture and you know it smells like must. He goes up this winding staircase and all of a sudden he hears somebody's doing your homework, boy. And we see this big fat stogie smoking, and then we see Santa Claus sitting in his big ass lazy boy with a huge gorilla behind him, and he says, "But please call me Chris or Sir." This is my roommate, Kong. He can fetch you a drink. And, like, I got, like, Burger Meister, Meister Burger vibes from <laughs> this Santa Claus. Absolutely instantly. Yeah, yep. like, he looks he looks like he's a Russian. I mean, nothing wrong with that. He just looks like Meister Burger, Meister Burger. He's got a big red nose, and all of a sudden, you know, Lobo, he's pointing his, he's pointing his gun at it. He's like, I'm going to take you out because the Easter Bunny paid me. And, uh, you know, Santa Claus is like, yeah, you can take me out if you're a coward. You don't want to fight me man to man. And clearly Santa drinks a lot because that nose just screams alcohol to me. <laughs> yes. So then Santa and Lobo, they go off, and Santa pulls or out. cocaine. Yo, no, it's more red and puffy. Like, yeah. That, that's an alcoholic. alcohol nose. That's, that's right. an alcohol yeah. nose right there. It's a, it's a cherry on his face is what it is. Uh, but as, like, Santa, like, Lobo's like, all right, I'll fight you. So they go to walk off, and the one thing you see in the background is the Elfomatic cloning unit. So Santa's just pumping these clones out of elves. They're not right. He grabs these two huge knives. They kind of look like boomerangs, but they're knives. And uh, Lobo's like, all right, I'm down. So Lobo grabs two knives. Santa's got his knives. And they're ready to they're ready to, to rumble. And, like, the one shot you see, like, Lobo takes the knife, and he's, like, digging it into the side of Santa's face like he's trying to pop his eyeball out. Yeah. And Santa's like, yeah, that's nothing. I'll get you, boy. And then, like, the next two panels over, Lobo punches him in the face, <laughs> and his eyeball just shoots out. And uh, Santa's like, die, you naughty bastard! And then you see Santa, he's just sitting there with his eyeball hanging out. And look, maybe we can make a deal. He knows he's outmatched, and he's like, sounds cool, but the bunny already paid me for you. So Lobo just, like, hacks his head off. There's Santa's head, gone. 
and the the penguins from the Muppet Show. Oh, free! The tyrant at last. Three cheers for my main man. <laughs> and then we see Lobo standing over the decapitated Santa Claus and says, "Season greetings, you fat, you fat bastard." <laughs> so that apparently, like Lobo, he you know he's standing over the decapitated Santa. He drops the knife down. And he's like, yeah, I can see why I didn't want to give this place up. I mean, look at it. And then he, like, looks in the closet, and there's, like, a gimp mask. Like a and blow like a doll. There's a blow-up doll and some, some thigh-high boots and some, I think that's, a like, a fake butt. And it looks like there's a dildo. <laughs> and, like, yeah. there's, like, a bra that has, like, two zippers on it that you can clearly zip down to get to the nipples. He's like, well, you know. You, you only work one day a year and all the elves you can handle if you're into that little guy with the pointed ears, that is. Like, Lobo's like, yeah, you know, whatever you're into, you're into. So then Lobo walks off with the dog and he's like looking for a spaceship or something to get the hell out of there. But he finds the naughty or nice list and he's like, all right, these naughty people, they're going to probably get in my way for my bounties later. And these nice people, well, they're just in the way, too, because they're going to try to stop me. So he gets he's like, how can I use this information to my advantage? And he finds Santa's sleigh, and he finds a bunch of A-bombs. And he's like, well, this will do the trick, won't it? So then he's like, oh, well, nice job. And, you know, uh, Kong's with him, and all these, all the, the Muppet penguins, they're all suited up with Robin masks, and they're ready to go. So he's like, well, how am I going to pull this sleigh? Well, I'll go off and uh, find some reindeer. And he goes to the reindeer stable, and he tries to recruit Rudolph. Even sings him as you know Rudolph the mutant reindeer was a very aptly named. He had a fragging monstrous schnozzle of which he was ashamed. Then one starry Xmas night, Lobo came to say, "Rudolph, lead my sleigh tonight, or I will blow you away." And Rudolph was like, "No, never. You're naughty, much too naughty." And then he just shoots him. <laughs> Lobo just shoots Rudolph. Your choice, guy. So then he straps up the reindeer, and the other reindeer like, "We don't want to do it." But then the other one's like, do you want to die? you want to be dead? He's going to kill us. So then Lobo, he's got the reindeer, and they go off, and he's just dropping A-bombs on people. Naughty or nice, it don't matter. They deserve it all. So then we go back. Yeah, and, Kong's helping him out, too. Yeah, Kong's like, oh, good to go. Kong's like, yeah, okay, you're my new Santa. It's kind of like Santa Claus. You know, you fall off the roof, and you just strap the guy's pants on, and apparently everyone who loved him is like, all right, well, he's dead. We love you now. That story's messed up. You ever watch Santa Claus with Tim Allen? It's weird. Like, he killed Santa. He did. I mean, accidental or not. And then he just took his job. But, like, all the elves were like, well, okay, you're the new Santa. Like, just un, like blinded loyalty. Like Lyndon B. Johnson. Like, oh, JFK, you're dead. I'm the new president. All right, here we go. There He's he our man. He's our man. <laughs> so the story's over. <laughs> we get these two degenerates who are going to kill their kids. And they're like, wow, that was a good story. The kids are going to play in line. Yeah, this is great. This is great. Uh, turn to the last page. Let me see what it says. It's, this is, book is only for one good read. Gotcha, you sucker. And then the book disintegrates, and they're like, shit, what are we going to read to our kids? And then the eraser head looking guy, he goes upstairs to sh- kill and shoot his kids. He opens the door, and bam, there's Lobo with the middle finger in your goddamn face. He says, ho, ho, freaking ho. Bam, that's the end. Pure 90s, early 90s. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, it's just crazy, bonkers. I enjoyed it, though. I, I mean, the, like I said, the, the stuff with the weird people, like reading it as a story, I think the story itself could have lived up on its own. I agree. I agree. You didn't need the, the, the very strange people. No. This is incredible. Yeah. The artwork's it, fantastic. It It is. It's very gritty. It's very. I'm getting a lot of like. 
I don't know. When I see like gritty, Lobo, gritty's the, the the best word for it. I, I think it yeah. is. It's 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 not pretty by any means. Uh, but visually, it is something. The way he kills the elves, the way he kills Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. I mean, that stuff is like straight out of Cronenberg scanners. Just heads popping. Yeah. We went very opposite oh, spectrums. Yeah, yeah. On this book. yeah, we sure did. No, do, like I got feel good Christmas stories yeah. for the rest of the month. I want to start off with a bang. Uh that's that's quite the bang. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm very glad you actually brought this to the table. <laughs> it's a good book. I I would definitely recommend it. It's a good read. Um, obviously, you know some of the stuffs not going to hold up. Like the the I, I mean the Santa. I think he's having sex with the elves. We don't know. Who knows. <laughs> It was alleged. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't see anything in that case graphic, but like the fight scene, I love how like Santa's like, yeah, I'm going to kick your ass, kid. But then Lobo just, Lobo pretty much just kills him, just kicks his ass. Like it's, it's like the, they fight for maybe two pages. They could have given him a little more. I, I didn't think he needed it. Like no. he's, I mean, he's, he's just been, he's just been beating the shit out of clone deformed elves for years. He thinks he's hot shit. Like you keep kicking down. That's fair. You know, genetically inferior <laughs> be like if I just was stomping ants all day and then, you know, this huge shark comes up to me and is like, oh, I'm going to kick your ass now. I don't think so. I've been killing ants. I'm big badass. Oh, no, you're strong. <laughs> I just like how Kong, like, why has he got an, why has he got a, why has he got a big gorilla named Kong? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, no. Oh, me. Oh. Yeah, it, it uh, no Mrs. Claus. It's just hey, you got this. this well, he's got all his elves to fulfill all his needs. I guess so. Fucking wild. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely I, worth a read. I uh, need a shower. I would recommend it. I need a shower. Gritty is the best word to describe it. I think it's it's pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah. The way that just yeah, visually it looks. It's very it's it's impressive. But that is a wrap, everybody. That is the end of our very first holiday special. More um, coming at you next a, a week. Holiday special for holiday specials. Yeah, we got a lot more. Micah should be back next week. And uh, I know he has one saved. And I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. But thank you so much for listening uh, to our show. And, uh, and oh, we still don't have a close. Do we, do we figure out a closing phrase yet? We haven't. I, I say, like, you know, we'll, we'll try We'll try a couple out. Um, let's see. This one... Um, uh, how about, you know, speaking of the situation, you know, two is okay. I mean, sometimes with Cyclops, Gene Gray, and, and Wolverine, three can be a crowd. <laughs> Fucking coward. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I mean, I got nothing, so I guess that's what we leave you. We'll talk to you next week right here. Get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys. Here's the situation. Two minutes left. Zero timeouts. Down by a touchdown. We got to drive 75 yards. All right. We could do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? 
Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.